Arm Your Mind is a project I'm working on about regular people learning how to fight in small groups. Due to equipment constraints, we're focusing on close quarters battle. That is, fighting in urban spaces, in enclosed urban spaces especially. And in doing the research for this project, I've been watching hundreds of both combat and training footage. One of the interesting things to me is the differences between cultures for very similar movements. <clears throat> to an onlooker, clearing a room probably looks much the same. Maybe the differences are in what people are wearing. But it looks like a bunch of guys or people going into a room with weapons, pointing them everywhere, kind of twitching around with those weapons as they enter through doors. A lot of this is about how you pie a room. That is, how you slice the room into pieces of pie, mentally, as you are looking over a corner. Because your eyesight only has a very small focal point, you can't actually see everything in a room as you enter it. Your brain simulates the rest of your vision outside of your focal point to give you the sense of reality and the sense of continuity, but in actuality, you're only looking at a small part of the room. So how you divide the room, how you search the room as you enter it, is a very important part of CQP, or close quarters battle. This process, to any onlooker who's not involved with this kind of thing, looks much the same. No matter who's doing it. But if you try to learn how to clear a room, and if you watch enough people clearing rooms, you'll begin to realize that there are clear styles. Playing soccer as a child, we would often remark on the very clear differences between the Malaysian style of soccer and the Thai style of soccer. The Thais were much more exuberant, flashy. They had a lot in common, in fact, with what we saw on the screen of Brazilians and other South Americans playing soccer. In comparison, the Malaysians w seemed kind of slow, stolid, machine-like. Though, I suppose it's not an accident that Malaysia used to be an English colony since when we looked at the way the English played soccer, there seemed to be similarities to the way that we played soccer. So, there's something similar 
going on with urban combat. I was struck by watching two ex-Republic of Korea SEALs clear a room. They were really smooth until these points where they were extremely tense. So there's a dynamic flow going on and then a sudden point of extreme tension. And this actually kind of has a lot in common with judo or other throwing martial arts. The long period of intense flow followed by a sudden point of extreme rigidity. Contrasting this to the American way of war, which is this tenacious, rough, aggressive movement, or how some of the Russian units clear rooms with a shield, carefully, but also with a lot of vigor and a lot of force. Continuous application of force, in fact, in the way they move. If you look at Israeli methods, on the other hand, it's it's careful and uh, either dynamic or slow throughout, but either way there is a rough continuous movement. These differences happen not just nationally, but when comparing branches of militaries, and also I'm sure it happens within units as well. Just like in Guns, Germs, and Steel, the book by Jared Diamond on how geography shapes culture, I suspect that the environment in which these units and these practitioners learn their skill impacts how they play their game. And just like in a soccer game, you need every position played, and every position played does something a little different, but kind of the same, uh, besides the, the obvious differences, like goalkeepers and strikers that sort of do more of their own thing. Just like that, these different units and these different ways of war are useful for different contexts. And we kind of need them all in the future to do whatever we're going to do. Because we don't know what's going to happen next, and you don't know when you might need one style over another. Moreover, if we found ourselves in a situation where everyone learned one style, say everyone took on the style of the American Marines, which is, um, in some ways, if I'm going to compare the thing to, to martial arts, it, it looks a lot like old-school uh, brawls, right? The, the Marines clear rooms like bar brawlers. And there's uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, the Russians clear rooms like some brutal bulls going through a barn. 
And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you had the entire global population using that one style, when it comes up against a particular threat that is exceptionally good at dealing with that style, at neutralizing that style, at using the weaknesses of that style against it, then everyone kind of collapses. The whole global security community would be demolished if they all had the same style and someone figured out what the weakness of that style was. So having all these different styles pop up even though everyone's training together and even though it seems like oftentimes that everyone's using the same source material. I mean, uh, especially in the last 20 years, everyone's kind of been under the influence of, of un the United States and NATO and um, in terms of these kinds of drills. Uh, in addition to that, you can add Israel and Australia to the list. So, because we have all these different styles, we have many tools that we can choose to use for the specific context we find ourselves in. So, say the Republic of Korean style has something in it that makes it exceptional at dealing with a particular kind of threat, and that kind of threat pops up in Canada or something like that, and then the Canadians can go over to the Koreans and learn from them so that they can use that particular style for that new context, and vice versa. This pattern is everywhere. I was noticing it in the context of CQP, but like I mentioned earlier, it's also in sports, it's in woodworking, most recently, well actually for the past couple of years, I've, always, I've had a interest in woodworking, but I'm not too enthused by the use of power tools. The noise and the price and the scope of what they do for the scope what, of what I would do often don't seem very aligned, but they definitely serve a purpose. The American way of doing everything with power tools is much faster for doing things en masse. However, it's also nice to look at some of the Japanese methods that tend to be very detail-oriented and use a lot of manual human power. If we ever find ourselves in a situation where we don't have electricity, then those methods suddenly become much more useful. If you're trying to save energy, and if you're also trying to have your life work in such a way where your body is being used, so that you don't have to do any extra calisthenics or something like that, then using manual tools, using a manual drill instead of a power drill, for instance, is suddenly a very useful thing. And so, I'm always wondering about how we can encourage all of these different styles to flourish locally so that when the global context needs it, so that when globally we all come up against some sort of problem or threat, 
then there are more tools in the toolbox that we can possibly use to deal with whatever that problem or threat is.